report on this computer. Okay, and we're recording. Hi, everybody. Um, it is the August book club that almost wasn't. <laughs> uh, and we're talking about Mel Robbins, the five second rule. Oh, wait, I forget. Things disappear because my virtual background. Five second rule. It's a pretty cover. Um, I'm going to do a quick little intro because we have some people who've never been on before um, and some old faces and some new faces. So I figure I'll let everybody um, go ahead and say a couple things about themselves. So I'm Bette Hochberger. If we've never met, hi, welcome. Um, this book club was kind of my little brainchild from about a year or so ago where I found myself reading a lot of business books. And then unless my husband happened to have also read it, didn't have anyone to talk about the books with, um, you know, like, what do you want to implement? What do you think about it? How do you feel about it, et cetera. So I had this idea of wouldn't it be great if I read the books alongside other people so it wasn't just me alone talking to myself <laughs> or trying to figure out what to do with those books. So it's been a mix of kind of self-improvement, business, et cetera. Um, I have a list somewhere of all the, the prior ones. And what I end up doing is taking the, well, now that we're you know meeting virtually anyway, um, but taking the recordings, throwing them on YouTube, pulling out the audio, throwing that on my podcast, and then other people can listen to me yammer on about how, <laughs> what I think about books. Um, and the reason I'm so interested in business is because I am a CPA, I have my own practice. Um, it is so much more, challenging than just having a job but <laughs> what's nice is when i learn helpful things about running business running my own business i'm able to share it with my clients and colleagues and whatnot so uh, i find it to be a huge value add for me personally for my own growth and then for the value i can bring to others so um i'm just going to go down my little rows of head boxes so heidi you are next if you're able to unmute yourself Hi everyone, my name is Heidi Siefkes. I'm a plantation-based author, uh, TEDx speaker, and adventurer. This is my first time on the Business Book Club, and I am halfway through the book, so uh, no worries if you guys haven't finished it, but um, so far I've put at least the rule to work a couple times, successfully. Nice. All right, Shraggy. Yeah, unmute yourself, dude. Sorry about that. <laughs> you know, usually I do Zooms either in my apartment where I'm alone or now I'm in my parents' place in New York where I'm alone. So I usually don't mute myself, but when I, that, my phone rang, I muted myself and forgot to unmute. Anyway, so a Florida base currently in New York for my daughter's wedding, uh, financial advisor. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, also made it, a little past halfway through the book. Uh, have it right here, own it for years. Um, I've actually, um, you know, I, I, I found that it works for me partially because, and I'm sure we'll get into it more, it annoys the heck out of me when I'm applying it. And I think that's some of the uh, uh, cognitive resonance that uh, she talks about uh, changing. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to discussing it and getting other people's takes on it. Nice. See, Nicole. Yes, hi all. I'm new to the club. I think um, I was introduced through Megan Schwartz, actually. Yes, I think that's yes. the connection we have in common. 
and I'm sitting in Maryland. I work in the Maryland, D.C., uh, Northern Virginia area. I'm a commercial real estate broker, and so very entrepreneurial. I'm very much into reading uh, books for business, self-help. I actually read this a number of years ago, and it was nice to, um, when I saw you were doing this as your book club, jump in and thank you for inviting me. I think it's a great idea, and this book's a good one, and so I decided to take a second read of it and picked up some new things that had been a few years. So um, really excited to talk about it. Awesome. Thank you for joining. Oh, sorry, sorry. I've got <laughs> one of these phone trees from my kids' schools and it rings every single phone and my cell phone rings to the computer and blah, blah, blah. So I'm sorry if we cut you off there. Um, but I'm so glad you were able to make it. Maybe we can get Megan to uh, uh, hop on. Yeah, so she's on some great vacation right now. So maybe when she gets back. <laughs> I'm a little jealous. I'm yeah, it looks fun. <laughs> I'm jealous. All right. Well, thank you for joining. Uh, Jade, are you able to do a little intro? Hey. Nice to see you. It's been a while. No, it's been a while. It's been since, you know, the nor the world was like normal and you could get coffee with people. Um, so it's good to see you and it's good to meet you guys all over Zoom. I'm Jade Reichling. I'm based in Miami, Florida. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I work for Eisner Amper. I'm the head of client experience. It's a big accounting, finance, and consulting firm. And I'm an avid reader. I'm generally kind of bouncing around between like business oriented reading or psychology or just nonfiction. Um, I actually have not read Mel Robbins's book, but I'm familiar with her. I started, I saw her TED talk like five or six years ago and thought she was phenomenal. And so I've actually been following her on Twitter for quite some time. And I've been watching kind of, she had like a Mel Robbins show. So I'm, I'm actually pretty familiar with her work. Um, and so I was really excited when you invited me to the book club because I'm both a reader and I'm also a, a Mel Robbins fan, really. So that's my intro. Nice. Well, I'm thrilled to see you. I know it's, uh, it's hard to connect with people in the apocalypse. So nice to see you here. And uh, hopefully sometime soon we'll be able to meet up again. Uh, Alex, I feel like you don't need an introduction, but introduce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Hochberger, I work in marketing, backgrounds in software engineering, a lot of stuff with data uh, manipulation and understanding marketing decisions, internet conventional, all the way soup to nuts business, uh, have generally read much more classic business tomes and joined the book club because I kind of have to, as you can tell by my last name, but <laughs> appreciating that I'm reading things that I wouldn't normally read. Awesome. Thank you. All right, so the dirty little secret here this month is that I, as your fearless book club reader, did not finish the book. Um, I didn't even get half, oh, I was about halfway through. I gotta say, I saw more stuff about Mel not having to do with the book specifically, but I've seen her TED talk. I actually rewatched it this morning because I haven't watched it in a while. Um, those of you who actually finished it, do you want to kick it off? And I'll, uh, I'll save my opinion on the book <laughs> for a little bit later. I, I think that would be Nicole and Alex if he finished it. That would be I it for I don't know that Alex read it at all. <laughs> so, so, so Nicole knows our goal. 
uh, our, our end game on this. Okay, so I'll give a quick overview of my thoughts. Um, I think what's frankly, once you get halfway through and get the theme of it, I don't know that there's anything too earth shattering or new. So that's the good news for, I think everyone who made it about halfway. Um, you get the gist of it. It's just in the later chapters, she gives different iterations and different other scenarios or more real life scenarios. But um, the whole premise of it is the five, four, three, two, one. So once you have something that comes to your mind, whether to act or um, to put something into motion, she wants you to count down from five to one and just do that item that you were looking to do. And so to stop procrastinating, to kind of propel yourself forward. And um, in the later chapters, what she does do, which is interesting, is she does talk about um, stress, which obviously a lot of us have right now with the pandemic. And um, she does a five, four, three, two, one. But instead of focusing on what you're stressing on, when you get to one, you give something and you put into your mind something that you're grateful for. So I've actually found that really helpful because um, I suffer from um, probably more now than ever, you know, waking up in the middle of the night and I have some anxiety about something. And so that's been good to do the countdown and then uh, <laughs> and give something that's, you know, put the, the, a meaningful thought into my mind versus the worry that I had. So that's my take in, you know, a couple, couple seconds. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, the, the whole concept is pretty simple, right? Like countdown backwards from five and then take an action, right? That's like the, not even 30 seconds. It's like a two second right. pitch. Um, I, without having read the book, I have used her, I'm going to call it a gimmick. I mean, it, there's science behind it. I'm just, I don't know what to call it, a trick, whatever it is. Um, I have used it personally. I'm trying to get this um, video off my phone so I can play it and show you the most impressive time I ever used it. Um, we'll, we'll see if it works. Might take a little bit just to move the file around. If you sign into Zoom from your phone and then just share the screen from your phone. Uh, I think <laughs> I'm having to download You wanna send it to me and I'll share it? Onto my phone, what? I said, do you want to forward it to me and I'll share it? I am moving it off of whatever weird way it's saved on my phone into my Google Drive so I can play it. Because <laughs> okay. I can't even like get it to play on my phone. So whatever technology issue. Um, but it, it totally does work. I don't, I don't get why it works, but it does. Um, my most common use for it, not this summer, but in summers past, my kids usually do swim lessons and I'll open swim just do some laps while they're doing their thing and the worst thing in the world for me i hate being cold i don't know how i lived in boston for years but i just i hate being cold so jumping into a 75 degree pool which you would think is a nice thing in summer in south florida when it's like 100 degrees out it just sucks and you can't slowly like one toe in you know let me get to my knees and it's deep right it's like a 10 foot pool cuz it's like a real like it's a, it was at a high school and they, they have an amazing swim team. You just have to freaking jump. And I dislike it so much. I, there's few things I like <laughs> less than jumping in the cold water. And I would do five, four, three, two, one and it every single day. And we would do this four days a week. I would have to do it. And it worked. I'd be like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Bah! And just do that countdown and 
hop in every time it worked. So there's definitely something behind it. I don't know, what are, what are other people using this for? Other than having their book club meeting when they don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I've been using it most recently in the pandemic in how I've changed my daily rituals and my daily schedule. I've had to really adapt it because I'm no longer going into the office. And so it's something that can make me pivot quickly when I need to, like, I'll just continue working all day, every day. And I'll spend like 20 hours a day in my bedroom because it's where my desk is and it's where I sleep. And then the other four hours is when I'm exercising or eating or seeing my mom. And what I'm finding is that it's just at least helping me kind of like move out of the space that I'm in when I need to, because I can kind of just get stuck doing the same thing or driving myself crazy. Um, and the other, the other way I've used it, I'm actually interested to hear more about what Nicole said around using it at night when she has like something wake her up, like her unconscious is like, oh, you need to be anxious about this now. <laughs> I'm curious to hear more about that because what I saw, I was kind of watching Mel Robbins' evolution during the pandemic because like her show got canceled and she struggles with severe anxiety as do I. And so I was trying to see like how she was using her own medicine to help herself and it really has to do with almost like I think you can tend to go into overdrive and so using five four three two one to just move into the next overdrive activity I I found that I started kind of just driving myself crazy by doing too much huh. so that was kind of like a bad use of it <laughs> so that's interesting though that like you can kind of you can take it like to an extreme, right? Like, oh, there's too many things. I'm trying to do too many things. And maybe I'm like overloading myself with, with this. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I find my, my issue is more distraction. And I haven't tried it with that. Like five, four, three, two, one, go turn off Facebook and like actually get work done. But maybe I should. <laughs> it might, it might uh, improve my situation here a little bit. All right, I'm still screwed around trying to get this file somewhere. Uh, Shragi, I did try to log in with my Zoom and it wanted to launch the meeting again. So I don't know if it's going to make me join or if it's going to blow the whole thing uh, Yeah, Yeah, that's what it, it, should let you, it should make you join, launch the meeting again, join as a second you joining. We'll see what happens. Uh, make sure you uh, turn off the audio, otherwise you can get horrible, oh no, but you need to connect in order to share the audio. Uh, probably not. Turn off the audio because otherwise it'll give you a feedback loop, uh, which is the bottom on the, oh, you're on an Apple. Uh, it should be more or less the same. You hit audio. Like the more button. Disconnect audio, yeah. And then give yourself permission to share and just you know share screen and then pull it up on the screen. Oh man, when I became the person who can't use technology anymore. I'm amazed that there's still oh, some I'm technology muted. that I can show people. I'm muted. I just need to see. Let's see. I probably have to let other people for share. For you youngins. What's up? Because what'd you say? I said for you youngins. Youngins. You hawkers do like to point out that I am a few years older than you. <laughs> I don't know how to. Oh, I'm in safe driving mode. Oh no! I just left the meeting. <laughs> All right. I don't think it's working because it doesn't give me a way to share my screen from there. 
Well, maybe if you're able to upload it to Google Drive later, you could send us the link after. Yeah, I can't probably. I wanted to show it, but whatever. I had some weird issues with my like certain media on my phone not uploading either to iCloud or yeah. to Google Drive recently. So I get it. It could be uh, just Apple not agreeing with you at the moment. Yeah, yeah try, try and share it to me on WhatsApp. I'll well, see if I can do it. To, I'm trying to just get it onto WhatsApp. So it, it goes through this like preparing thing and then it craps out. We'll see if it works. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, not to hold up the whole thing for my technology issues. Okay, so here's my issue with this book. I love Mel Robbins in general. I love this concept. I think it's fantastic. I thought this book was a hot piece of garbage because, <laughs> because literally every page is like, oh, look how great I am because here's somebody's tweet to me. And here's somebody's, I'm like, this didn't need to be a book filled with literal screenshots of, meh, I don't know where it is, how to make it work. It's like all just pictures, of tweets and things sent to her. I'm like, did you not have yeah. what to fill the book with? And maybe she's just not meant to be a writer, really, right? Because I think her message is effective and it's better effective. It's more effective over like video than she would be as a writer, I suppose. I'm actually now relieved I didn't read it then because I'm like, well, I know what she means. Like, I understand the concept. I've like seen multiple videos of hers, but maybe right. she's just not meant to be a writer. Right. Um, so I was, I was truly disappointed with the book itself, at least the part that I read. Well, I'm like, this is such a powerful tool and I know it works if I could ever show anyone the video of it. So basically the video is me jumping off a 30 foot zip line, but it's not like, you know, those fun like me zip lines. It's like, you have to climb up this telephone pole, which was scary as all hell. And you're on like a platform that's like this big with somebody else standing there next to you. And it's a, um, a gravity zip line. So you're literally jumping off a platform 30 feet in the air. And I was like, nope, not doing it. And it was, the guy was either going to push me off or I had to make myself jump. And they don't, they don't really push you off. You're not, that's not part of the, the experience. You're supposed to get over your own problem, fear, et cetera, and make yourself do it. And I did it. And I, and I, I had to literally five, four, three, two, one myself off. Cause I was standing there like shaking and I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen, but someone's going to have to like fly a helicopter over here or something and get me down. And I was like, Oh my God. Afterward, I was like, I can't believe I did it. I did not want to ever do it again, <laughs> but I couldn't believe that I actually accomplished it. So there's, there's science behind her. It's legitimate. It works. It does something to trip brain your, or tripwire your brain and uh, outsmart yourself. Uh, but I just, I was disappointed in a book. It's short. It's really short. It's a quick read. And I just, I couldn't get very far through it because I was like, this is a lot of nonsense. <laughs> Your social media posts in here. Um, I agree with you. I thought I was reading it on my iPhone in the Kindle version and the examples, it was like two per page and you can't read them anyway. And I was like, oh, I'll read every third one. Then I said, oh no, I get the gist. And then it's just hashtag five second rule, hashtag five second rule. And I'm kind of like, okay, enough tooting your own horn. Give me some of that science that you did all that investigative research because you were a lawyer. Kind of show that to me because I don't want to have to go back and read all of those books of X, Y, and Z uh, neuroplasticity or neuroscience experts. So um, yeah. I would agree with you that it is a quick read if you read it in the right way, which is, you know, take, uh, you know, a couple examples and then move on. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that part I found kind of disappointing. 
I mean, I, I tend to prefer, like Alex mentioned, he reads a lot of more of those like classical um, business books. I generally prefer if it's somebody's actual research that, you know, maybe they're like a professor or something where they do actual research. I don't really love these. Well, I read a bunch of other people's books and then here's what I thought was great from that. Uh, I just, they, they all get repetitive after a while. I mean, that's, that's why you had someone like Sheryl Sandberg write a book with Adam Grant is because he's the one actually kind of like doing the research and the studying and the data around resilience and business decision making and whatnot. Sheryl Sandberg can provide like the anecdotal evidence about, you know, whatever she, it is she wants to talk about. So perhaps it's something that like Mel Robbins needs is like to partner with someone who is doing the academic side of it and is kind of actually studying human behavior and organizational psychology and whatnot. So I would say part of the problem, am I muted? Okay. It, with this in general is if you're going to do something on decisioning tools, which is really what you're doing and really the classic book from this, I know we did a few months back was influence, right? And that was really taking a series of influence tactics. Uh, they went and did a follow on. It's like the 50 big, small, like 50 small things that have a big impact. And they, and, and they went through, and of course there's 60 of them, not 50. And they explain how that's kind of the added value is, is one of the techniques people use. And, and I think one of the issues is the five second rule is really, I mean, okay, it's a clever name, right? You're taking the, you drop food on the floor name and turning it into a decisioning concept. <laughs> and it's dealing with the fact that the things that people, but that's intentional, right? It's a play on words. And, you know, we always say in, you know, marketing that people, people, it's either fear or greed that makes them move, right? And fear, you can get someone to take action, but only if they can do it instantaneously because fear tends to paralyze. Greed's the harder sell. So this is all about how do you kind of throw your brain into a different mode so that you're not being governed by your normal decisioning process. You know, one of the most interesting things I learned is, you know, when you do the neuroscience analysis of the brain, the part of the brain that analyzes things fires after the part that makes a decision. So when we think we're making a data-driven decision, uh, we're actually making a decision and then data rationalizing it which is why you know, one of the super important things if you're trying to not do that is how do you set up systems that fix it, right? How do you monitor the same data all the time and set auto stabilizers up? Well, same thing on this, how do I get myself to not use my normal thinking strategy that doesn't work for this? And how do I get myself to just kind of act on instinct or set myself up to get it to work, right? Someone, I'm trying to remember who, that if you basically laid out your workout clothes the night before, your likelihood of going for a run goes up like 60%. And it's not- thing? Might've been, but it was- it came, Probably wasn't his originally. No. He, <laughs> he uh, stole everything also. <laughs> he's a huckster that sells pharma, uh, that sell nutraceuticals. But, you know, the real thing with any of this is, you know, so you want to make a decision, but your brain's scaring you because your brain's uh, fight or flight is in the way. So how do you- rig yourself to make a decision because you're not really using her system to make a decision you're using her to take action right right because so you know what the decision is you know like what you want to be doing you need her her gimmick to get you to do it right and to your point that's not a book that's uh hey i get stuck i made a decision i don't go forward here are here are the top 12 techniques, like make a listicle of it that people have used to get themselves to stop procrastinating. It's basically an anti-procrastination tool. 
And that's not a book. And I think that's where you ran into trouble. Yeah. Well, I didn't run into trouble. I think <laughs> well, you bought her book. <laughs> and I don't think we're in trouble for her. <laughs> She's yeah, that's where the criticism with it. <laughs> but I think some of it depends on what you're looking for. Because, you know, out of something like this, I wasn't looking, like, I, you know, going into it, I didn't expect any sort of, like, <clears throat> deep something or another. I liked the fact that she had some, you know, that, that she has science that backs it. And honestly, I'm not, you know, I'm one that I'm not going to read 98% of any of that stuff on my own. Um, and, you know, I, I, th there was a number of years ago where my daughter, when she was a teenager, was doing uh, DBT, which is dialectic behavioral therapy. And part of the requirement as it, with her doing it as a teenager in, in, in a group setting was the parents also had a group. And once a week, we had to get together and we had to learn about that, uh, that mode of therapy and everything. And there were certain things where, like my daughter and I would, you know, we, we'd, you know, we'd get into an argument and we'd sort of out-DBT each other. Like we'd be super saccharine into some of that methodology. And like, well, maybe you wanna, yeah. and eventually one of us would be like, well, after all this, and, and we just like blurt out what we wanted. And that's what I found myself doing when, when trying to apply the five second rule. Like I'd either laugh at myself and not bother applying it, and therefore not doing something, or I would say it and then just like, I'd be at five, four, and I'm like, do I really have to wait for the, the, for the three, two, one? So maybe I do have to adapt it. And she does at some point talk about like, if some people it might just be three, two, one, go. Yeah, she, like she had so, somebody in there. Yes. Too, many, too many of those screen grabs, I didn't need them. I didn't need the really long ones. If she had taken those, maybe just screen grabbed a sentence, or maybe just quoted the sentence in there because some of the, some of the phraseology was cool and you know what different phraseology is gonna gonna connect with different people so that you know so as a book that part worked i mean the wording in between that she has in between the images quick easy to read you know relatable so i sort of like that um so to me this you know like i was i'm getting out of the book what i expected to be getting out of the book i wasn't looking for a deep scholarly piece or a very scientific piece because Honestly, that's not the type of stuff that appeals to me. Yeah. And I like the lighter things. I like the, you know, personally, I like the self-improvement things. I feel that they do more for me in the business than some of the business things. Yes, I studied, you know, closing techniques and sales psychology. And, and some of that obviously helps me. But to me, the understanding how I work, <laughs> sort of like what Yvette said earlier, understanding how her business works helps her with other people's businesses. Understanding how I work helps me be more relatable and be able to relate people to their finances so yes i had some of the challenges with it but so I, I sort of saw it as this is what i was going into you know i knew i was going into something that was light easy teaching teaching me a gimmick that i need to brain hack myself and that's you know so i i guess maybe i didn't set my expectations overly high and therefore i got what i expected was a book version of one of her talks yeah. and she's you know she's very personal i watched that you know that same one, I watched it while I, you know, before I read the book again, I watched it. So, you know, and I sort of was looking at this as a paper version that I can carry with me of her TED talk. And for that, I found that it sort of hit its goal. Yeah. Um, an interesting thing I learned though was, uh, so while I was trying to get myself to jump into the icy cold pool, which I really dislike, one of my three children is scared of everything. Right, she's terrified of 
you name it, she's scared. So I tried to use this to get her to, I don't remember what it, what it is because they've been swimming for so long and this was not that far in the past that I would have used this. It maybe was diving off the, the block, the starting block or something where she was just scared. She didn't want to do it. She's prone to having a hissy fit when she gets into that position. And I sat there like five, four, three, two, one, go. You cannot do it to somebody else. <laughs> you can't count down for them. Because <laughs> she was just like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm like, what? This doesn't work. So it's definitely something you have to do yourself and to yourself with yourself once you've made that decision that like, yeah, I know I need to move on to, to take this step and you just like can't get out of your own head to do it. You cannot make somebody else change their mind just by counting down and being like, go. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to disagree with your interpretation of that event. Okay. Because you, this is not there. So I like how you're disagreeing with it. <laughs> The five, Never let the five the seconds get in the way of a good disagreement. The five second rule isn't about changing process or changing your mind. It's about taking action. Right. So it's not you can't use it on someone else because I've used it on that same child to jump in when she wanted to jump in and oh, it worked fine. Wanted to. Right. <laughs> she didn't want this to in this case. Right. This doesn't change desire. This is about taking action you already desire. This right. is overcoming your instinct. That's why I'm saying you, what you give is an example, not of this failing, but how it's not magic. It's a very specialized, which goes back to your problem with the book and everything else. This is a tool. It's a tool in your toolkit. It solves one problem. I have made a decision. I'm failing to put it into practice. Yeah. Right. And that's all it's going to do for you and Maybe. pretending it's more. Right. Maybe if we read enough of these books, we could write our own book of brain hacks. <laughs> but Listen to everybody and put them together to be like a superhuman. <laughs> How far into the book did you get before you felt you'd gotten enough of it? Um, I, <laughs> I didn't really terribly enjoy much of any of what I read. I knew what the, her, what her process was from the TED talk. I didn't, I didn't really feel like I learned much of anything from the book from the half, the first half of it that I read. Um, it's, it's Bet I have that video ready if you'd like. Oh, okay. So here was my best use of the five, four, three, two, one. Is it letting you share? The talking isn't me. Uh, I'm the the scared shitless person on the poll. <laughs> Do you hear it? Yeah. This is whoever was taping it. That's me in the blue, scared, gripping it for life. <laughs> that was like, nope, like multiple times, nope. You won't go up on the ground. You can do it. Come on, we're here. We're gonna help you. <laughs> we can save you. We're the we're the ladder crew. Jump! Go! Jump! Go! 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 Go!
any indication of how badly I did not want to jump off of there. Take a step! There we go! Yeah! So eventually, I counted down and did it, and that was something I never felt like I needed to repeat ever again in my entire life. So, yeah. So that's... <laughs> it works! I wouldn't have left that pole otherwise. I was ready to stay there forever. <laughs> it was my new home. <laughs> but, it, but it also goes back to your point and Alex's point, which was how you can't create that desire for your daughter to jump off the block either. Like, it had to yeah. come from her to count down to jump off. Yeah, because you hear it was like, jump, just do it, whatever. And I'm like, nope. Nope, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Where was that at, by the way? What? Where was that at? That was at um, um, Camp Tanakita, which is a Boy Scout camp, and that's what they call a, a COPE course. Uh, I don't remember what COPE stands for. C-O-P-E, it stands for something. Um, and there's like, it's team building stuff generally, right? So, and, and it's personal, like get over your own fears and things. So that's what they call high cope because you're obviously you're up in the air. There are scarier ones than that. There's something where you have to like climb up a pole that high, walk across like a tightrope wire. Like there's one on top and one below you. And then you have to like leap out and like smack this ball hanging in the middle of the air. And you're just on a, like in a harness. And I'm like, yeah, I would not. I don't think I would do it. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, it was nice. Like I felt accomplished after the fact. I was like, no, I don't, I don't need to do that again. I don't like that. I don't like the feeling of falling. It's up there with being cold. <laughs> that like my stomach is still up there and the rest of me. <laughs> but uh, I love roller coasters. I'm not afraid of falling. It's the landing that I'm afraid of. I don't like the, the, the falling part either, to be honest. Um, I'm trying to remember what cope means now. Uh, oh, challenging outdoor personal experience. That's what it means. Uh, so it's it's a, it's a challenge. It's fun. It's you know. Uh, anyway, uh, so so that was my best example of it working. And quite frankly, once I've done that, most of the things that I need to do, especially in business, are not anywhere near that challenging. <laughs> so it makes everything seem easy. Um, there's some other crazy stuff I do in life where I'm like five, four, three, two, one, just do it. Uh, not generally not related to business. So uh, some of us here on this call are part of a stage combat group. <laughs> and sometimes when we're performing, I have to five, four, three, two, one myself onto that stage to go do what, whatever ridiculousness it is that we're doing. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it makes you a more interesting person if you can convince yourself to go do some crazy stuff. I don't know. Anybody else? Anything? Well, yeah, Heidi, I, jump in. Um, I guess I felt uh, her TED Talk in the book basically said there was routine, and then there's the fear factor that you pull the emergency brake. And we typically think of the routine as we go into the office, we do our normal nine to five, whatever it may be. And now we've been all forced into this new routine at home. <laughs> And so yeah. I think it's a really good time to actually read this because although we're not doing the normal of 
February or March, we're in a new normal. And I find myself giving uh, excuses for not pitching or for not applying or taking the next step because I'm saying, oh, it's summer, they're with the kids, or they're going back to school, and they're gonna be busy homeschooling, or they're going to be, you know, the travel industry, which is where I would do a lot of my business, they're crushed right now. So it's telling me, hey, you know, fish or cut bait, just do it, you know, rip the Band-Aid off. And today I did contact someone that I thought, well, I'll wait a couple more weeks until things get more into the groove or go back to the new normal. So um, I think that right now this would be really good for, I would say, just about anybody to try to shift gears, whether it's professionally or if it's just getting out of the funk that we're in. Yeah, totally. Um, I know, like for me, well, so I'm getting into my busy season with taxes and every day it's like, oh my God, my to-do list is so long and I just can't focus. I can't get this. I'm like, oh, but after the kids go back to school and now they're going back to school is like insanity. It's like everyone on a different day, the dates are moving, they're, they're online, they're in person, they're here, they're there, pick this up, go here, do this meeting. And I'm like, you know what? I can't wait for, for any of these things to pass. You just got to do it. And I like to say later never comes because <laughs> I find like, especially when I'm doing client stuff, I'm like, Oh, I'll take care of this later. And I'm like, no, there's no later because then it's too late. It's either right now or too late. There's no in between. So I like to say that often. later never comes. Let me just do it now. And like today with this book club, I was texting Shragi this morning. I'm like, Oh, I didn't read the book. Like, should I cancel it? Should I push it off? I'll wait till the kids are, are you know, the kids go back to school after Labor Day, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? It's not really better let's just do it. And it'll be whatever it'll be. And here we are talking about this for like 40 minutes already. So clearly, you know, I just need to five, four, three, two, one, go and, <laughs> and do it. But I, I especially feel with the, you know, Corona apocalypse that we're in, the desire to, to like push things off is huge. It's really huge. You know, it's like, everything seems like a monumentous task to take on when it's things that in the past I would have just been like add it to the list and bang 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 and I'll get through it all now it's like oh I gotta sit in my office I gotta do work and like a kid will come in every 10 seconds my kids aren't even that young they still come in and bug me all the time the dog's bugging me or the doorbell rings and I'm like ah! but you just can't wait you gotta just keep going yeah I, I think it's a symptom that is you know is of everything like now I have you know I have my daughter's wedding in two and a half weeks and it's very easy for me to be like all right, you know, I'll handle the, you know, the, the fires and I'll handle the things that must get handled right now. But everything else is very easy for me to say like, oh, I'll just wait until after that. I'll wait until after that. But there's always, there's always something to be after and then certain things just never get done. Now, I mean, you know, prioritize, you know, if I prioritize things first, because there are some things that never get done and that's perfectly okay. And some of them obviously never needed to get done uh, because they never moved from important to urgent. So apparently they were never actually important. Uh, so maybe that's about prioritizing things a little bit uh, more differently for myself. But yeah, it's, it's so easy just things to keep getting pushed off because I'll get to it. I'll do it later or, you know, and it was one of the things that a number of years ago, um, I, I, I was talking with one of my coaches in my business that helped me sort of separate out the like, it, it's okay not to jump on everything personal, you know, as a parent that I have to while I'm working and then vice versa. When I'm parenting, it's okay for me to let business things sit for a while because I'm doing that and sort of that 
compartmentalization, which now people are losing because like you know, we said, it's, you know, suddenly, you know, more of us are working from home. Uh, I mean, I always did a lot of work from home, but now, you know, even my client meetings are, I'm sitting at home and it just, it's very different. And it sort of helps to just sort of, all right, be able, be able to push yourself away from something and say, okay, now, now I gotta be doing this. Now I gotta be doing that. Yeah. Anybody, final thoughts? I feel like we kind of beat this horse to death. <laughs> It's not, it's not so much well, to talk about, but yeah. Yeah, well, I'll, what I'll add, because I kind of alluded to this in the beginning, was how you can use it, like Heidi said, you can use it to pivot and say, I need to kind of think more creatively about my day and do things differently and get me into action in a way that I wasn't in action before. But I went into overdrive, I went into overaction. And so it wasn't necessarily a problem for me to make a decision and to make a decision quickly. I was doing too much. And what I started using once I realized I was biting off more than I could chew was uh, something called the Ivy Lee method. And I'm not sure if anyone on the call is familiar with it. The only reason I remember the name is because one of my really close friends is Ivy Lee, but she's not related to this at all. But it's basically how either the night before or the morning of you write your list of six things, six or less that need to happen the next day. And it actually helps reduce some of that decision fatigue. So it helps you kind of focus on the core things you need to get done the next day. So if something like an email comes your way or something tries to kind of like divert your attention away from it, you're like, this was the six things I said I was gonna get done today. And often I try to kind of keep my list balanced between like the three things I need to get done on the work perspective and then three on the personal, right? So like. You know, make sure I take care of something related to like my mortgage or my insurance or like working out or carving out like even just playtime to make sure that I see my mom or my best friend in the building, like making myself cut my day down to like, these are the six core things I'd like to get done today. And it helps eliminate some of that decision fatigue that we have now because we're just in the same monotonous day, groundhog day over and over again. So I put a link to a business insider article about it, although the link looks like it got a little screwed up, but you know, one of the things I'm like, oh, this is great. It said part of why it works is it reduces decision fatigue. Um, I had somebody that did not work out working for me where I was like, listen, I need you to make my life easier. I need to not, you know, I need like to be able to quickly look at what's happening, figure out what, what you or the client needs from me and move on. And I would get these emails with like 30 bullet points and it would have things like, I changed the name where you spell bank B-A-N-C instead of B-A-N-K, is this okay? And I'm like, oh. I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be a high level manager. Like you can't, you cannot come to me with, with this nonsense. I can't even read your email. Like that's where it started and it just sat there. Like I can't look at this. So yeah, decision fatigue is huge. Could you think about how many things you decide about, decide about, make decisions on all day. And yeah, that, that's huge. I'm, I'm going to take a look at this. Is there a book about it? Um, I, honestly, I just read an article on it and then I got this. You can see it behind me, actually. I have this like little double-sided whiteboard that I got on Amazon and I just do my list, my six things. And today I only did four things. Um, wow. I did my four things in the morning and it's great. 
Um, right, so really, right. it's like that article will probably explain it all to you. You don't have to Mel Robbins just like, you know, hurt yourself by having to read a book that might have too much like social media in it. <laughs> no reason to be a martyr here. Well, I was just <laughs> thinking if there was a book I would, um, I would stick it in the list. Um, speaking of stick it in the list, uh, somebody had recommended and I was thinking about this for the next book. Um, where I lost it. It's called, and this seems totally appropriate for right right now. Indistractable by Near E L E Y A L. Um, I'm hoping it's a little bit more beefy because the guy who wrote it is, uh, or he he taught at Stanford School of Business. So I'm hoping it's a bit more meaty than five second rule was, um, but somebody who, I, she swore by it, she's like, I, I read this book and I have time blocked my schedule and I'm super efficient and things are fantastic. So that's what I was thinking for next month, unless someone's got a really great idea because I, I need to be less distracted <laughs> for sure. <laughs> oh, I, I tried to send the link there to Amazon. It came through pretty garbage. Um, yeah, that's what I know. No, it looks like it looks like a good one. Um, and it looks like on his website, he has a lot of big name endorsements on his book. So, you know, it could be interesting. Maybe it's an easy digestible read. I'm asking, you know. Or maybe he's just good at marketing. You never know. Could also be marketing. <laughs> that's why he's owed his editor some uh, Yeah. Yeah, he got he got his publishers the same publishers all these other people they just made up uh, quotes I don't know hopefully it's um uh hopefully it's it looks like it's co-authored with someone so maybe it's the person who did all the research and will give us the science behind it <laughs> see how bad can it be I don't know don't don't challenge it it's 2020 well I don't think the book came out in 2020. It's from, I don't know when. I have no idea. I don't know how to find information. At least, at least 2019. It says hardcover came out in September 2019. Okay, so it might be from last year. Uh, published 2019, yeah. So that's, it's relatively new-ish. But let's see. Let's see if we can have less distractions. And let's see if we can figure out how to uh, Ivy Lee method ourselves into getting more crap done. And if you're not motivated, just yeah, no, I have to read an article and the book. <laughs> you have to fly back at some point from New York, right? <laughs> the article's easy, I promise. Oh yeah, the, the, the article I'll print out and read at some point. That's that, that's easy enough. It's um, not even that long. I, I read the article. I read the article when I was like drinking out of a fire hose on the work front. And so if I could have done it then and I saved me from myself, I, I think it's you, it, I think it's worth like the 10 minutes of reading the article. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm definitely going to read the article. That's without question. Uh, it's, you know, it's a matter of applying ish. And the truth is I, I was really looking forward to exactly where I'm up to in the, in the Mel Robbins book is the next one is increased productivity. And again, I, you know, it's the gimmick. I like, I, but that's really what I wanted to read about. But like her, her little tips on that. So I'm going to read at least the next chapter on that, which again, 
will be one morning read or you know, maybe two mornings of, uh, of reading if I cut one of them short. Um, but you're allowed yeah. to finish the book. Well, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. You're allowed to finish the book. Oh no, I might do that also. But listen, I need I need a few days anyway until the uh, the new one shows up at you know at, at the door here. Oh, I have to remember not to send it to Florida. I have to remember to send it down here uh, up here. Um, I I can't find a paperback version that's not ridiculously expensive. That's prime. I don't think I want a hardback. All right, whatever. No one needs to be shopping on Amazon. Um, all right. Well, I'm gonna thank you, everybody. I uh, hope you join me again next month. And um, I don't know. That's it. <laughs> Thank you for setting this up and for hosting. This was great. It was nice to meet you all. Yeah, yes. it was nice yeah. to meet everybody. Hopefully, we can get coffee soon. <laughs>